Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy, trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. So, it's our Thanksgiving special. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy tea giving. Woo, turkey day, turkey day. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Um, Gobble, gobble until you wobble. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Grateful, thankful, bless. (laughs) Hashtag. Gather. (laughs) (laughs) So, before we um, officially dive in... Uh, has there been anything you watched before, um, our little special today? Um, last night, actually, I watched Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Nice. It was way better than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. That's always, yeah, that's always good then. (laughs) It's always a good surprise. Um, because from the trailer, I don't know, I thought that trailer, I couldn't tell what was going on. Like, I couldn't tell what kind of movie it was actually supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So, it was... Way better than the trailer made it appear. <laughs> nice. And I knew I know it's based on a book, so I want to. Uh, and uh, now I want to read the book mm. after watching the movie. Cool, cool. I wonder if it's going to be one of those times where if you like the movie first, yeah, the... you never like the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It'll be a first wives club. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> incident. It might be a first wives sitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or under the Tuscan sun. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, not what you expect no. at all. That was like a how-to manual of how to redo a Tuscan house <laughs> with some recipes. <laughs> Something I don't even remember. Yeah. Well, we had our movie night um, last week. It was um, Bullet Train, uh, the new one with Brad Pitt. I mm. uh, sounds vaguely familiar. I didn't really, yeah, remember it much either. Like I think I had read one article. Uh, it was like a while ago too, and then kind of forgot about it. Yeah. And uh, so we rented it on Amazon. It was actually I enjoyed it. It was a fun watch. What, what it, year? It came out this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and it was uh, interesting because uh, you felt like it was really influenced by, um, I feel like, like Tarantino style, like Kill Bill almost. Mm, okay, um, yeah. But then it had, like, that feeling of, because um, I guess one of the people involved with John Wick did this one. So it did have that John Wick kind of mm. vibe, as well as some of that, like, um, I don't know what era do you call that? Like the 20 teens, I guess, like the early 20 oh, teens yeah. where like Domino, or I mm. guess it's even like still uh, early 2000s. Oh man, Domino was my Or jam. like the Guy Pierce kind of action yeah. films. Like it felt like it was like almost an homage to like all of that kind of um, comedy action style movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was enjoyable. So without further ado, in this episode, we watched 1987's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Automobiles. <laughs> Automobiles. <laughs> Fun fact, 1987 is the year I was born. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, its actual release date was November 25th, 1987. So probably like on Thanksgiving. Probably. Um, directed, produced, and written by the one and only John Hughes. Mm-hmm. The, legend. The legend of the 80s. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was starring Steve Martin and John Candy. The cinematography was by Donald Peterman. It was edited by Paul Hirsch. 
Music by Ira Newborn. Mm. <laughs> like I know that. <laughs> yes. Oh, good old yes. Ira. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> now the real fun facts. This was inspired by uh, some real life stuff that happened with John Hughes. Uh, he was an actual copywriter uh, in Chicago, and he had a presentation in New York City um, at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday, and he had plans to go back home to Chicago on a 5 p.m. flight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was wintertime, and all of that got canceled. <laughs> so he had to get a last-minute um, hotel in the city. He eventually found another flight, and then this is where it starts, like, really, where he drew, like, inspiration, because <laughs> inspiration. Um, he got rerouted to Iowa, and then he was diverted to Denver, and then uh, one of the other, like, airports was, like, snowed in, so then he basically found himself in Phoenix. Oh, wow. <laughs> And way he, far away from yeah. and so he finally made it home the following monday oh my gosh so i can only imagine what kind of like nightmare that must yeah. have been uh, so yeah that's definitely where um he yeah got the inspiration uh to write the journey that is this movie yeah but they made it home in two days yeah right <laughs> so it didn't even touch on the nightmare that john Hughes right. actually went through yeah, but he had to survive two days with Del Griffin. <laughs> it inspired him so much so that he completed the screenplay in three days. He wow. wrote it that quickly. And here's the kicker. It was over 145 pages, which is insane yeah. to me. <laughs> Genius. For three days of work to get Steve Martin involved, he had read the script and he's like, yo, I think 145 is a little too long for a comedy. He asked him, so Steve Martin asked Hughes, well, which scenes or parts do you think need to be cut to, to trim trim the fat, you know, basically. And uh, according to Steve Martin, like Hughes was like really confused. He's like, what do you mean cut something? (laughs) Cutting anything. Yeah. Um, He apparently shot over 600,000 feet of film, which was um, almost twice the industry average. And the original cut, according to the film editor, Paul Hirsch, was almost four hours long. Oh my God. Could you imagine? An epic trilogy. Oh my God. I, I can't even... So if you are a John Hughes fan, you're probably aware of the Shermerverse or um, just that kind of like cinematic universe that John Hughes created um, at that time. Because mm. uh, he always like references the Shermer, Illinois, where right. most of his characters are from or where the stories take place. Um, so he is quoted in 1999 that when, let me verbatim quote. <laughs> <laughs> When I started making movies, I thought I would just invent a town where everything happened. Everybody in all of my movies is from Shermer, Illinois. Del Griffith from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles lives two doors down from John Bender. From Breakfast Club? Yes. <laughs> Smoke him up, Johnny! <laughs> and Del Griffith's next door, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing. <laughs> Del Griffith, you should have stepped in. You knew he was... His old man was beating him up. Right? So also, much like John Hughes drawing inspiration from his hell journey uh, from his past, 
when they actually were shooting the movie, it also started reflecting the movie because basically there wasn't enough um, snow. Like, it was supposed to be shot in Chicago, but they just surprisingly weren't getting much snow that year no. uh, when they were filming. <laughs> How convenient. So a lot of it was filmed in Buffalo, New York. Um, so Martin has said that, like, they lived the plot of the movie. As we would shoot, we were hopping planes, trains, and automobiles trying to find snow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like it went like full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so the one scene with the car rental, the My woman's favorite. name was Edie McClurg. And she's best known also as playing Grace. She was the principal Rooney's um, yes, uh-huh, yeah. secretary. And um, so they clocked it. He drops 18 F-bombs to her in that scene. And I believe it's under a minute, too, uh, that they do it. Um, the first few takes that they did, it was like played off to where she's supposed to be just very like run of the mill customer service, like raising her finger at him. That's kind of it. So finally, for one scene, Hughes was like, hey, how about you just improvise? And then she improvised everything that actually <laughs> was kept in the film. Nice. And That's he awesome. even asked her like, what, you know, oh, how'd you come up with like all those funny, you know, and she was like, oh, I just, you know, reflected my real life like you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was cute. And she seems like a little firecracker. Yeah, she does. With her little voice. <laughs> the scene with her, with all the the fucks that were given, <laughs> uh, was the scene that brought Martin on. Like, when Steve Martin read that scene, that's when he was like, okay, I want to do He's this like, movie. Yes, this yes. is funny. And it's overuse is what gave it the R rating that it Which has. Which is so funny. I never realized it was rated R, I guess. No, I never would have guessed in a million years either. Like, I... Because it's so wholesome. Vaguely <laughs> remembered the, that scene, but again, it would just... Oh, it's fine. It's just that when seeing everything else about the movie is extremely wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another fun fact: uh, Jerry Ryan from Star Trek. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yes. Um, Seven of nine. Mm hmm. Uh, she was. It was her first role, and she was gonna be a girl on the bus. She kept laughing. She was the one making out. No, she was cut from it. Cause oh. She, <laughs> Because she kept laughing at John Candy and Steve Martin. Oh. <laughs> and so they just reshot the scenes without her. <laughs> so, I don't blame her. So I don't They're think hilarious. she uh, she made it. And so now this is uh, the one that I thought was... <laughs> this one cracked me up <laughs> when, I, when I found this information. So... The original ending, they were going to have Dell just follow Neil all the way home and mm. be, like, annoying all the way there and never get the hint, I guess. But John uh, Hughes was like, mm, I'm, I'm going to make him, like, a little more noble and, like, know when to step back finally in the right. end or whatever. So they had to come up with, like, okay, well, how are we going to shoot the new ending? They went back, him and Paul Hirsch, uh, the editor, obviously had a lot of input I feel like too with this movie since it was like four hours freaking long right. so he had to like help edit that down Hughes would keep the cameras rolling in between takes that was on the uh the Chicago train scene and so Steve Martin didn't even know this like when he would be like preparing for the scene and everything so the scene where he's they're having the little flashback montage yeah when he's like on the train like oh and looking at stuff, yeah. That apparently was, like, just Steve Martin, like, practicing, like, to himself and everything. And so, <laughs> Hughes, and I quote, 
thought Martin had a beautiful expression on his face in that unguarded moment. <laughs> and that scene is one of my least favorite <laughs> in the entire movie. Why? Because I'm like, what is this bullshit montage? Like, it made sense when I read this. I'm like, oh, it wasn't the original ending? I can tell. Because Ooh. you have acid and put in this montage bullshit <laughs> with this, like, hokey as fuck scene <laughs> then you're gonna mean to tell me that that's just steve martin <laughs> he's just naturally wholesome then. i know i died <laughs> that's why i love him <laughs> so that was my favorite fun fact that i that, yeah that i found um, <laughs> and i got most of those from amc and mental floss <laughs> so with that jess is gonna take it away with some of the you googled summary Easily excitable Neil Page is somewhat of a control freak, trying to get home to Chicago to spend Thanksgiving with his wife and kids. His flight is rerouted to a distant city in Kansas because of a freak snowstorm, and his sanity begins to fray. Worse yet, he is forced to bunk up with talkative Del Griffith, whom he finds extremely annoying. Together they must overcome the insanity of holiday travel to reach their intended destination. Okay, so this is uh your Thanksgiving special, Jessica. Yes. Um, every single year we watch this on Thanksgiving. And it still makes us laugh every year. And so this has been a family tradition for you, like, since as long as you can remember. On and off since childhood. Okay. So you have a ton of memories. And you pretty much know this film backwards and forwards. Yes. yes. Like, I know, like, everything that's coming up. I know mm-hmm. the songs. <laughs> I mean, it's still, but you know me, I have such a bad memory that there's still like, so it's been a whole year since I watch it. Then I watch it and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) I, it had been a long time since I had seen it. I want to say at least probably a decade, if not more. Wow, really? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, for just a random watch, because it it was one that I never owned. Mm. Um, I remember... We would watch it more of, yeah, if it was just playing on cable around around the holiday itself. And mainly I remember if it was just around that time of year and I happened to be at your house, it was played. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah. I might have been there for a few of the, the viewings. Yeah. <laughs> or we just had it on the background. Exactly. On day mm-hmm. or yeah, exactly. So... Uh, so yeah, I have um, memories of this movie. None that were like ultimately specific, other than um, the car, the burnt out car. Yeah. Like I really remembered them like riding and that down the interstate yeah. or whatever, and just kind of the general of okay, John Candy is supposed to be the annoying, you know? Like right, I, I, right. I remember like their essence of their characters, <laughs> the essence. I probably the the fuck you scene I kind of yeah. had forgot about this time around like just completely escaped yeah. my memory and the, of course those aren't pillows <laughs> yeah that scene always remembered that one when it got to that scene that was a memory that like flooded back to me <laughs> I think as I was like oh I remember okay I remember this joke those aren't uh, pillows <laughs> 
One of the reasons for me why this wasn't a like Thanksgiving must watch every year uh, is I do remember that it kind of gave me anxiety watching <laughs> it. Like the dynamic between Steve Martin and John Candy, like there, I relate to Steve Martin's character a lot in this movie. <laughs> um, that is one thing I'll, I'll put out there <laughs> is, uh, yeah, kind of related to his character in a way of that inner like anger that's like bubbling up like, in you. And so watching just this. Just below the surface. Yes, just sitting just below like there. magma. <laughs> You get a little little magma pocket in your throat yeah. and just sits there and it I stews. mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. So so when I was watching this movie, even like as a teenager at certain times or as a child even, I'm like, oh my God, like, fuck that guy. Is he kind of like what you're thinking in your Leave head? his ass. <laughs> Carry his own damn trunk. <laughs> but yeah, I just... Well, and also, I think it's more of... It wasn't even necessarily John Candy, because even this watch around, I'm like, oh, he really... I mean, he's he's bad, but he's not, like, as bad as I had in my memory. Yeah. And so, I'm like, well, he's still, like... He's finding you the train. He's getting you exactly. that... You like, know, he's like, still he's, helpful. Yeah, exactly. He's still helpful. You he's can still trying. Have a use for him. And like, this this go-around, I was like, Steve Martin's kind of a snob. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, he is, exactly. Like, in his actual demeanor, yeah, you're kind of like, like... He's like... Yeah, you got me a hotel room at this place. I know. I was like, calm down. It's still better to sleep next to a trash can, bro. Right? <laughs> exactly. So that was this go around. I didn't notice that. But I guess it's more of the... He's supposed to be uptight. Right. Um, which is fine. But it was also the, the impending... Uh, just traveling. Like, that part, too, was what always brought out my anxiety. Yeah. was just, the, like, it feels the like a doom. Like, That's how the beginning of Home Alone always made me feel. <laughs> yes, They're yes. rushing to the airport and everything's, like, so quick. And I'm like, ah! And you're like... I've lived that vacation life and it's stressful. And you're watching the movie and you feel like you're having to make a deadline. Right. Like that makes you you pick up on the, it's like how you get secondhand embarrassment from watching something. Oh exactly. And I was you getting get secondhand anxiety. Exactly. This movie gives me secondhand anxiety. Like I said, almost I understand the anger parts of like the annoyances, but it's more so of the like deadline of trying to get where you're going. Right. Alright, so that was a little bit of our memories and attachments to this film. So with that, let's uh, get into it fully, shall we? We shall. First off, forgot young Kevin Bacon was in it. Yes, and I, it's so funny because when I was looking up the cast, um, they called him Taxi Racer. Oh. <laughs> that was his character name in the movie. Another little fun fact is apparently the wife of Steve Martin in this movie is watching. She's having a baby that John Hughes also did with Kevin Bacon. Oh, that's what movie, when she was like, burn the sheets. Yeah. Was it that movie? Yeah. I think so. Because <laughs> I had realized, I was like, oh, that's a John Hughes movie I've never seen. But uh, yeah, apparently that movie was actually released after this one. So he put, he went a little like meta, I guess, yeah. kind of, and put like his future movie that was going to be released in oh. that movie. And then Kevin Bacon, they also were saying that Kevin Bacon's character in planes trains is the character he is from the she's having a baby interesting yeah again he kind of eggy yeah connects everything so so i will say one of my favorite scenes is john candy's face 
the up close like <laughs> face shots. Yeah, yeah, that look of shock when he opens the cab door on him. He's like, oh, but I like, like when they show it later. Yes, in the flashback. <laughs> That I think. Because it has like him with like, still has the cab door. <laughs> and his little, the John Candy mustache. Oh, uh, now that you say it, I do remember it. <laughs> it was like teeny tiny. It was. It just, it was like a top lip liner. <laughs> it really was. So, um, right away, those are like the intro favorite part for me. Is the, oh, yeah, his little look at, look at surprise. Yeah. Love it. And the beginning, though, is so annoying when they're waiting on that guy to make a decision about something in, like, the boardroom or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the very dry humor, like, start. I know. I love it. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, the jokes and timing are, like, on point mm-hmm. for sure in the beginning. And Steve Martin running is also hilarious. <laughs> like, like flail, <laughs> flailing. Flailing His about. Briefcase. <laughs> His briefcase gets run the fuck over. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I guess he didn't need anything in there. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't even bother. I don't think he even takes it anywhere else. <laughs> and then yeah. the, his introduction to Del Griffith is that he trips over his ginormous trunk. That's when we first notice, like, oh, hey, the trunk. So he's been pretty much hindering him this whole From time. From the start. Yes. yes. And I do like that. Um, it's cute. It's funny. And then he notices the, the trunk later, like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, even, oh, I know you from somewhere. So I know, I know you. Mm-hmm. You stole my cabs. But, I mean, Steve Martin was, like, staring him the fuck down. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the beginning of the movie, while the jokes are on point, you definitely aren't really rooting for Steve Martin that much. Right. Like, for him to be the main At character. The beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's where they, they both kind of have, like, their character arc. You know what I mean? Very true. Very true. But I still feel like John Candy was a little more endearing. Because <laughs> he was so positive, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they were, you know, when he was trying to get the cab from that uh, the other guy. And he's like, oh, I'll pay you. Yeah. What a he, schmuck. If you'll pay 50, you'll gladly pay 75. I would have been like, take the taxi. Although I wouldn't have offered to pay money to someone for a taxi. I would have just shoved them out of the way. Exactly. Isn't this New York City? <laughs> I know. That's what I'm thinking. I was like, I got a gun in my pocket, motherfucker. <laughs> I can't <down." laughs> They don't know. This is my They don't know now. me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's great. So thus begins planes, trains, and automobiles. At first, when I was watching, I was like, oh, do they kind of like do this in three acts where they're on the plane, the train, and the automobiles? But then I realized very quickly, it's mostly just automobiles. Yeah, they don't have a lot of planes. (laughs) They're on the plane just the one time, and they're like, oh, I don't want to sleep. In the airport, like I said, Dell is very uh, useful in that he always like knows some people um from his shower curtain ring selling and um he gets them uh, a room for the night yeah granted kind of shitty i also like the cab driver doobie yeah they introduced uh on their way to the his little pervy hotel but a fun fact about doobie was he's the guy from friends who was the weird neighbor in the like, yes, early yeah. seasons. Um, what did yeah. I write that to? Mr. Heckles. That's what it was because I Mr. couldn't remember Heckles. his name, but I was like, oh my God, it's the guy from Friends. <laughs> so there's like a lot of little things like Ben Stein is in it at yeah. one point mm-hmm. as well. So there was like some, uh, these side kind of um, characters. 
or I don't know, what do you call those? Like smaller character actors, I guess, mm-hmm. can be seen in it. Um, but yeah, and when they do the hotel scene, ooh, it's a little rough because Steve Martin, his character at this point, hasn't really, yes, Dell like kind of screwed him over, but he did apologize to him. He's offered to make it up about the taxi stealing. So for him to like just go off on him the way he does in that hotel, uh, it was uncomfortable. It, it did get uncomfortable. It but, goes too I mean, far. He went, I mean, so fucking savage. He did. I mean, I thought Steve Martin did great. And yeah, well, and the character, but it was unco- it, I forgot how long like he it kept actually going, goes. and he like you can see the look on Steve Martin's face that he knew he's going too far, but he couldn't stop himself. <laughs> yes, I mean that I love it still though. I still mm-hmm. love that like and Johnny Kathy Gallagher said, "I wouldn't be pulling this train anyway." Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <That. laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, and the beauty of this. But movie, then like John Candy's poor little face, like his little eyes getting all. Period. Yeah. But the the music I liked because it was very John Hughesy music. It was. Um, certain songs I felt like were like, nah. like I said, the montage scene and everything. I'm like, oh, so cheesy. Like, <laughs> uh, but I it reflected the movie well. The music did for sure. One of the quotes I did like um, was from John Candy when they were discussing, you know, when they starting arguing. And he said, I even let you pay for it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And, then, and let me pay for it. And that's when Steve Martin really, I think, starts going hard. Yeah. Where then you almost can't blame. Yeah. You can't blame. Because it's little things. Like, he spilled beer all over the bed. He's such a fucking slob. Like, mm-hmm. he underwear, our socks in the sink. And, like, he left him a washcloth to dry off with. Because <laughs> he used, like, eight towels while he took a shower. You yeah. Know? And he's just oblivious. And that is where I he's almost He's a big wondered. bull in a china shop. That's where I almost wondered, um, like, is Del Griffith really just the, like, kind of oblivious, lovable oaf that mm-hmm. he is portrayed, I guess, as in the movie? Or is he really, like, kind of a sadistic, like, trolling asshole? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I even let you pay for it. Because later we see throughout the film that he is not above lying at all to get a means to an end. Oh, like the shower curtain. Yeah, and he sells all the Earrings. shower curtains as jewelry. Did and you, what did you say? When they were wearing them, like, how big they were, like, sticking straight out of their ears. Because you're like, yeah, um, shower curtain rings have a really big... They're going to fit in the hole of your Well, ear some of them hole. have a smaller hole but where it, it connects still, like, in. It's still big. It's still sticking straight out of their ears. It's so funny. No, as, a, as I was watching this go around, and he's carrying around the big giant trunk everywhere, I, again, always want to take it darker. I'm like... What if he had his wife's body in that trunk? Uh, <laughs> would that not be amazing? That would be a really good twist a on really it. A really good Somebody twist. Needs to, I mean, not that you can redo it, but do a darker version. <laughs> so there's some more lore I might be working on. I know, right? <laughs> a little more fan fiction. What was his wife's name? I don't remember. Was uh, it Barbara? I want to say it's Barbara, but I don't think it no, is. No, I don't think it was Barbara. Yeah, well. But, um, so as they make their journey, uh, like I said, mostly more in cars and, like, they're on the bus for the while. Uh, they were only on the train for a short period of time before it also breaks down. Um, so I, I didn't like that 
they really do hinder the quick modes of transportation is really what it is. Yeah. But um, it gets to a point, though, where we're, like, after the train... And they've already taken uh, the bus. The one guy hooks him up with the sun, which that scene was very hilarious to me. The redneck oh, guy. Oh, the dirtball redneck Yeah, guy. yeah. With all those, like, sonicy sounds. He's yeah. looking him right in the face while he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's still uh, Apparently, that, like, broke Steve Martin a couple of times, <laughs> I think. Like, he was really, like, he thought the guy oh, grossed him out, like, thoroughly. <laughs> And John Hughes had told just the the guy to spit in his hand before. <laughs> they didn't know that was part of it, so that was like a real look of disgust. Yeah. And, like, <sighs> and of course, it happened before Steve Martin, not John Candy, because he's yeah. like the lucky one. Yeah, exactly. And this is where. When I said earlier, I'm like, oh, I can kind of like relate to Steve Martin. It's like in that re- like respect of like. You had one thing go wrong, and it just seems like everything starts piling up. It can't just be one thing to go wrong, and let's fix this. It's like a snowball effect. Yeah, exactly. And especially when it gets to the the rental counter scene, yeah. you know, like being left in that parking lot, like that. And I could, being that far away. Yeah, I could see myself like full on losing it, losing it, losing tantrum. your shit. But before that. Like you said, in some of the in-between scenes of them, like, all the driving and the driving, it gets a little monotonous. Like, their relationship is funny. There was some good dialogue. But there's just a chunk in that, like, middle-end area where I'm like, they could have even cut this, I feel like, a little more. Um, mm, I don't know. I enjoy it all the way through. Yeah. I just get a, uh, for me, yeah, it just feels a little monotonous towards the end. Um, but they really do make up for it with, like, uh, <laughs> the devil scene. Which, when it, like, flashes to, like, John Candy. <laughs> Is that when they're between the semis? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, it's going back and forth. Like, those those little scenes like that, I'm like, oh, my God. I, I Now I kind of want to see the uncut version to right. know. What else they cut. What else they cut. What kind of was, like, the more wackier, weird stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I really liked about this movie a lot. The was wackier stuff. The really wacky, weird stuff. Because they even have... The the music that they play at random times where it's like the Steve Martin like voiceover, like where it's like a remix and like it sounds like it's like 80s techno. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the- you're messing with the wrong guy. Yes. You're messing with the wrong guy. I was like, that was so ahead of its time. I know. I love that. So like those little things like, for me mm-hmm. are what like made this movie for me for for this particular rewatch especially because they're playing that the whole time he's like making that trek back to the (laughs) riddle counter exactly (laughs) and so when they continue as well with their dynamic of them being separate and then they're always like kind of coming back together of course and another one of my favorite scenes is the uh Talking about, oh, he's like, oh, I, there's things about you I don't like, but I, you know, try not to hurt people's feelings. Like He's like, like what? You play with your balls a lot. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good scene. I do not play with my balls. <laughs> oh, I thought that was hilarious. And when they're bartering for the rooms later after <laughs> the car yeah. fire, <laughs> John Candy displays the Casio, like, like, on his arm. <laughs> yeah, that was like, Casio and, like, what, two or three dollars? Yeah. <laughs> so that one was was Do you well have done. Seventeen dollars on a nice watch. 
No, I got two dollars and a Casio. <laughs> Just the way he displays like the a, Casio. he's on a home shopping network. Yes, that one was <laughs> real good too. Oh, uh, but the whole like when he's trying to take his jacket off and gets stuck in the car. Oh, that scene. That's one of the scenes that I find infuriating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're like you fucking. If you couldn't get one arm unstuck, why would you try to take the jacket off the other one? Well, why also, would you not wake up Steve Marvin and be like, hey, dude, I'm stuck. Help me. Why wouldn't he just take his arm out of the jacket? It's, yeah, I guess he could have. It's huh? outside of the jacket that's hooked on yeah. the seat. You could just literally take your hand maybe he out of the at that seat. angle because he's a pretty big dude. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. Who I mean, or or like, slow down. You still got one good arm. Exactly. Why why wouldn't you pull over? Why wouldn't you slow down and then pull over? Because then we wouldn't have that excellent scene where he's going the wrong way in the interstate. And I'm like, okay, if you couldn't tell that you were going the wrong way after going that far, you're a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell that the signs were backwards? (laughs) I mean, I know you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, but there's still going to be a sign eventually. (laughs) This is where I almost wonder, again, with the cuts. Yeah. Because they don't really, just because, do they show the car, like, spinning around or anything? Yeah, and then they, they show do? him going oh, back okay. on the exit ramp the wrong oh, way. Oh, okay. I just assumed he went, he just turned around. Turned around or was, like, or exited the ramp when he wasn't, like, took the wrong exit. Yeah. I didn't think he took the wrong he exit. He took the wrong exit of... and then turned around and got back on, but he got back on the exit oh, the wrong way. Oh, okay, whatever. okay. <clears throat> I just, I guess I didn't, like, Notice see that. that. I just assumed he just, oh, he went on the wrong exit. Oh. And then the <laughs> next thing you know, you're like, oh, they're on the wrong, like, side of the interstate. I didn't get that at first uh-huh. uh, when I'm like, how did, and okay. that's my other favorite part. You're going the wrong way. Oh, they're drunk. How do they know which way we're going? <laughs> I know. And Steve Martin totally goes along with it. Like, yeah, how do they know? How do they know where we're going? <laughs> they don't. How do they know if we're going the wrong way if they don't know where we're going? <laughs> and then he's finally like, huh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Um, so finally, though, they get to their destination. They are on uh, the last train. Um, in the Chicago area, I'm presuming. And that is where we get the uh, the montage scene mm-hmm. uh, that I felt was just totally unnecessary because there was so much of it. Because it's kind of like, oh, well, let's just show you everything you literally just watched. Well, I guess that's him, like, falling in love with him, essentially. Because <laughs> I was like, he, they officially imprinted on each other. They bonded. <laughs> So he's like giggling and laughing to himself about all their good times. <laughs> like, oh, you're so funny and cute. And then he's like, wait a minute. I think he's homeless. <laughs> they did that so you'd be like, oh, Dell's homeless. I know. They really, I, that's another thing too. I didn't feel like that's they had. That's why he carries his whole life with him. No, it makes sense. But I'm saying they didn't have to spell it out for you. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's what. Yeah, we would have got that. Like we already pretty much got that. Because I mean, he says I've been, been home, home in years. eight years. He said in years. Oh, I think he said eight years. Oh, maybe he did. I don't know. Either way, he hadn't been home in a long time. So obviously, again, like he has the big case and all of this. Right. So you like, oh, he's living out of a suitcase. That's how he knows all these people and all these favors. Like he's literally been living on the road, right? Since his wife died, his I wife guess, died. basically. Um, and then when they finally get to that scene, like, because then he yeah turns around. And he's like, oh, I thought blah blah blah. You're going home, and then he's just like, 
oh, well, she's been dead for however. Eight years, yeah, eight, that's what, what it, yeah. She's been dead for eight years. So, and then they're just like, okay. And they kind of just gloss over it. Yeah. And then he's like, welcome to my house. And then they're like, how long is he staying? Indefinitely. Um, and then they have that, I thought the ending was like super awkward. That was the weirdest fucking ending. <laughs> and I did not remember this ending at all. I guess I thought there was like follow up to it. No, there was nothing. There was just basically like, I'm finally home. It's Thanksgiving, like fucking my day. My beautiful wife. Who starts like bawling? Yeah, because it's been two days. She didn't know if he was gonna make it home for Thanksgiving. I know, I know. He's like, oh, I've been gone too much or whatever. Which I mean, I get it. Maybe he's supposed to be. He works a lot. Whatever. Still seemed a little awkward for her to be just like crying. And then like they introduce each other, like, oh, Dallas is my wife. Blah blah blah. And then they're like gonna end it on, okay, well now Dell is gonna watch me make out with my wife. <laughs> Even the way his wife comes down the stairs and she's like, you must be Del Griffith. Yes. I'm like, do they know each other already? And the way that they said it, like, because he's like, meet a friend of mine. And then she's like, hello, Mr. Griffith. I'm like, are they all going to fuck later? (laughs) (laughs) Is that that how this movie actually ends? But no, it was the weirdest ending to me. And it ends with John Candy smiling because he's thinking about her naked. (laughs) (laughs) and again it was like they gloss over john candy's wife's death and and then quickly just yeah go into like okay making out (laughs) yeah i mean it's it is a super awkward ending but it doesn't make me not want to watch the movie (laughs) (laughs) doesn't take away the magic of it for me it was so weird i put i did okay so that was my last note was Holy John Hughes, but I love it. <laughs> but, I, but I love it. And it again ends with the uh, the remix. <laughs> You're messing with the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a, was a good way to end it. So yeah, it is definitely a classic. This one, though, wouldn't be one of my top like John Candy movies. Uh, for me, it was more Uncle Buck. We watched a ton of Uncle Buck. That yeah, was the I one did. I watched Watch a, lot. a lot of that one as well. Um, and The Great Outdoors. I was going to say The Great Outdoors. Oh, and fun fact, again, was that um, John Hughes, he wrote The Great Outdoors, I believe, and he was going to be directing that one. But when Steve Martin signed on to do this one, because he wasn't going to direct Planes, Trains. Mm-hmm. He just wrote it. But when okay. Steve Martin signed on, he's like, no, nah, I'll direct it. Yeah. So then he gave the guy, uh, his name was... Um, Deutsch, I think, or Dutch, is the the director who did Great Outdoors. Mm-hmm. So he basically flipped him because he was supposed to do this one, I guess. And he was like, well, I'll give you the Great Outdoors and I want to do this one. Nice. So, yeah. But also, I'm kind of like, what? You think Martin's better than Aykroyd? <laughs> I mean, I guess he kind of is, but I fucking love Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> we know my soft spot for yeah. Dan Aykroyd. I so, mean, I, if I had to choose between the two, it would be Steve Martin. Because mm, I... I Love Steve Martin. We used to watch a lot of Roxanne, the one where he has the really long nose. Oh, God. That, that I did not like. That movie made me uncomfortable <laughs> with that nose. The one where he was an evangelist. What was the name of that one? Leap of Faith, maybe? I think we had that one on like VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. Father of the Bride. One. Father of the was, Bride. Yeah. We loved Bringing Down the House with Queen Latifah. <laughs> oh, Another one of my favorites. <laughs> I like how Steve Martin also has built a very lasting career of like resurgences. Yeah, well, because he's timeless. 
He really is. And he'll lay low for a while. And then, like, even now he's come back with uh, Only Murders in the Building. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that, by the way? Um, I've only watched a couple episodes of it. I really liked it. I'm not caught up. I, I think I finished the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed it. And then got into some of the second season. Um, and I'm a sucker for Martin Short, too. So See, I'm not a huge Martin Short fan. Andrew's the same he way. annoys the ever-living <laughs> shit out of me. I love I him. I cannot stand that one character that he does where he's, like, the interviewer guy. I Glick? No. He was my no, favorite. man. Jiminy Glick. No. <laughs> His little fat suit. No. Fat suit? Yeah. No. <laughs> and yeah, uh, uh, all of his characters to me were just so annoying. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so, Jess is going to share with us her favorite um, quotables and some of the songs that are near and dear to her. Um from this movie. Oh, first off, when we were doing Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Yes. I don't know if I said this on the episode, but I kept getting stuck in my head. I was singing it to the tune of Three Coins in a Fountain, which is what <laughs> Steve Martin sings on the bus. Yes. Did you finally see that part? Because you didn't was, know what I was talking about. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it was a good scene. It was funny. <laughs> I, I finally understood. Three Coins in a Fountain, each one seeking, you know, seeking happiness. <laughs> yeah i had totally forgot about that one. that is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie and that song comes to me a lot in my life for whatever reason be like washing dishes like three coins <laughs> so that's one of my favorite songs in the movie i love the blue moon of kentucky keep on shining <laughs> Love that one. It, it definitely suits the vibes. That whole scene where the driving in the burnout car. Mm-hmm. It, you know what it reminds me of? Um, Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, they probably got, they were inspired by yeah, like influence, maybe. Yeah, when possibly? they were singing that, I think, Come on Eileen and Tommy Boy. I have, if not, I, yeah. Time, yeah. Either way, um, obviously, oh boy, oh boy, what? You're fucked. Oh. Another one of my favorites. Like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. <laughs> that one, yeah. When he got kicked in the when he pulled him up by the nuts. And he's like, down Griffith, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Down at the plow. Like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. And of course, you play with your balls a lot. <laughs> and then after, when the car is on fire and they realize that his... Um, credit card he put back in his wallet which is in the oh yeah glove box of the burning card you stole it <laughs> i did not you stole it <laughs> that one's one of my favorites and i can i can hear steve martin's voice like you stole in my head yelling exactly <laughs> how he says it <laughs> are you mad at me when he says that and then he gut punches him <laughs> He's like, you really shouldn't have me. That's how Houdini died. <laughs> that was, that's how Houdini died. That's the, the line that killed and me. That, that. Yeah, that's how Houdini died. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think that wraps it up. All right. Uh, yeah, it was a fun movie. Uh, I definitely still recommend it for sure. If you've never seen it, to watch it today, this Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, because I mean, how do you go wrong? John Candy, Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. It it definitely still is a classic. 
again, for me, still one of the weaker John Hughes films. Mm. Um, just because of that ending. Uh. <laughs> like, it really goes off the rails. It, for you. it really didn't ruin it for me. Because I would definitely... I'll continue to watch this movie throughout yeah. my lifetime always. <laughs> like you said, Steve Martin, John Candy. Like, in that sense, you can't go wrong. Their performances are... Mwah. Yeah, perfect. I just, again, I think the fault is with John Hughes and that whole editing, knowing that the original cut was four hours. So some of the stuff that they did keep, I'm kind of like, well, what did you, yeah, what did you cut out? Like, now I'm just, like, more curious. <laughs> I want to see the unedited version. <laughs> For sure. Okay, so in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I thought it would be fun if we kind of like go off the top of our head a little bit. Last minute question of what other movie are you extremely grateful for that was created and brought into this universe? Um, Goldmember. <laughs> yes. Austin Powers Goldmember. It has always been my favorite of the Austin Powers, has the most quotables, the best characters. I'm I'm so thankful <laughs> that it is in the universe. <laughs> Walter Mathile. <laughs> Bad news bears. <laughs> no, then good there's one. no pleasing you. <laughs> good one, good one. I'm gonna go with Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one too. It's, our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Pretty bird. Here's a pretty bird. Pretty bird. <laughs> Has good quotables. Um, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are perfect. perfect. They have such good chemistry in it. It's just such a classic good, like... It's funny from start to finish. It shaped so much of my childhood, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a movie I watched... Samsonite. I was way off. And I still use that quote. For anything yeah. I'm just off of, if I misremember something, I just go, <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. And yeah. no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> But I do it. Dumb and dumber for yep, sure. I agree. And I'm also thankful for you, I'm Jess. eternally thankful for you as well, <laughs> And we're also so grateful to all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you guys sticking with us throughout this learning process, essentially. Um, I know some episodes probably sound better than the others. Um <laughs> Some are probably way more interesting than others, but uh, through and through, you stuck with us. You stuck with it, and we actually stuck with it, too. <laughs> I know. So we're, Good, we're thankful for ourselves. <laughs> for sticking with something. <laughs> for a whole... Well, I don't want to jinx it. I'm not fully there yet. No. <laughs> but no, we are uh, very grateful to anyone who is uh, giving us a listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate it. So with that, you know you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram, Twitter, as well as Facebook. There's the good old Discord. The Discord's still there, guys. It exists. (laughs) If you go on our Twitter, you can find the link to join the Discord. You will get the invites. You know the drill if you're like a Discord user. Uh, If you're not... I mean, it might not be for you, but <laughs> <laughs> you can still come and read my goddamn mother face. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. To you and yours. So time to hit the dusty trail. Until next time. Later, taters. And eat them taters today. Eat them t- mash. Ha <laughs> ha